Welcome back to an audience of one by Geniversity, in which we deliver spiritually uplifting and motivational content to individuals who need a reminder that they have worth and value and a gift that they need to share with the world once they realize their true potential. While trying to strive for self-improvement, you're going to need goals. It's kind of a given. If you don't like where you're at, you're going to have to improve. And in order to improve, you kind of have to have a direction that you're moving towards. Now the goal, or goals for that matter, don't have to be a specific event. Sometimes it might climax at a 100 mile race with a medal that you put around your neck, but other times your goals are gonna be more of a process, such as praying every day, or eating healthy, or exercising. And goals are gonna vary from person to person. Your goals aren't necessarily gonna be the same goals as somebody else. But regardless of whatever goals you may have, you're gonna wanna try and create an environment that is conducive for success that's going to give you the best probable chance to actually accomplish those goals. As we stated previously, your environment is really made up of people, places, and things. And you want to assess the people and places and things that are around you as you strive towards your goals because they're going to have a major impact on you, which is going to have an impact on your ability to actually see those goals into fruition. Now, we've already talked about how pivotal it can be to surround yourself with the right people and also to get the wrong people out of your life. Today we want to discuss the places and the environment of the places that you're going to find yourself in as you strive towards self-improvement and towards the goals that you've set for yourself and how those environments are going to affect your ability to actualize those goals. We also want to talk about how to mitigate the effects of the places and the environments that you can't control but that for one reason or another you have to find yourself in from time to time. So when we talk about places, the first thing that's gonna to come to mind is essentially the city or the town that you live in, which is going to potentially have a huge impact on, on you, on your morale, on your character, on your motivation, and just generally speaking on your ability to go out and get after the things that you're looking to work on and improve. Now you've been in this situation before where the place where you reside and the people have become so toxic that it really affects your ability to perform. So much so that being in that environment becomes a detriment to your well-being. And when you're not doing well as an individual emotionally, it's really hard for you to put all of your focus and your energy into going after and achieving the goals that you've set out for yourself. So if you find yourself in a situation where your environment, like the actual city or town that you're in, is bringing you down, be it emotionally, spiritually, financially, mentally, you need to leave. Sometimes we stay in a specific place because of work. And it's not easy to just get up and leave somewhere. Moving is just a nightmare. The act of moving from one house to another itself brings a lot of stress about. But sometimes you just need a breath of fresh air and a place where nobody knows your name. A place where there's no expectation to meet with certain people because they're nowhere around and there's no awkward interactions because you've stopped interacting with certain people because there's such great distance between you and them that there's no longer an expectation that you would be interacting with them as much. You're in another city, another state, another country. Nobody knows where you are and there's no need for them to know where you are or why you are where you are. And so there's little to no expectations for you to be interacting with these people that are no longer physically close enough for you to justify that level of interaction. Sometimes you just need a clean break and sometimes moving to a new town or city or state can provide that moment of 
you know, jumping off, almost like New Year's acts for many people where they use it as a catalyst to start a new program. So even if it comes as just an emotional relief, sometimes it's really difficult to change everything about you when everything around you is remaining the same. But when you move to a new location, now everything is new. So it's also a really great time to start to renew yourself. Now, moving to a new location isn't going to fix everything or even anything for that matter if you don't put in the work. But sometimes just having new scenery around can be a bit of a help. But unfortunately, if you're in a situation where you feel like you can't leave, then you're going to have to mitigate the people, places, and things within your city or your town that are going to have a negative or detrimental effect on you and hinder your ability to work on yourself and be the best person that you envision yourself to be or even greater. Point being is that you have to take a step back and look and evaluate and ask yourself, is this place the best place for me to succeed? If it's not, then get out. If you can't, then protect yourself to the extent that you can to mitigate the harms that you're gonna find in those places that you happen to be in. Now, outside of your actual zip code, the place where you're probably gonna be spending a majority of your time is in your actual home, be it a house or an apartment or whatever other living situation that you have. Now, the first thing about your home, regardless of what form it takes, is that it needs to be a sanctuary you're going to be facing all sorts of difficult battles out there in the world as you try to work to improve yourself, work towards your goals. And you're essentially going to be fighting a spiritual war and an emotional war and a mental war each and every day as you try to do the right thing and avoid doing the wrong thing. And so the last thing on earth that you need is to be out in that struggle and then come home to another battle that's waiting for you. You're in charge of your home. You have to try to influence the people within that space to get on board with the idea of this home needs to be a sanctuary, right? And it's hard for a home to feel like a sanctuary where people are yelling, where people are arguing. So you have to create almost a social contract between you and the other people that you're residing with so that that home has that vibe to it. If you're living alone, then it doesn't matter. It's on you. Basically, you're the one creating the vibe in the home and nobody else is interfering with it except for those that you invite into it. If not, then again, you need to make sure that the people that are residing with you are on the program that this is how we conduct ourselves in the home, right? We're not, we're not going to be yelling. We're not going to be screaming. We're not going to be fighting. We're not going to hammer people with problems when they get home from work. You know, we're going to try to make this place as welcoming as possible. Obviously, when you're dealing with spouses, there's going to be times where you're going to need to have difficult conversations. Um, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be conflict. That's just what marriage ultimately is all about. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of disagreements. There's arguments that arise. But you need to create guidelines for how you address those situations and when you address those situations so that there's a time and a place for it and that time and that place is not when somebody enters the home right there needs to be designated times and places for that so that they can be addressed because that's life you can't just eliminate all of the problems that you have in relationships but at the same time way too many homes are filled with yelling and screaming and fighting and bickering and nagging that rob everybody, 
not just the individuals involved in the arguments, but rob everybody of that feeling of, man, this is a sanctuary because the world is tough. It's tough for you. It's tough for your wife. It's tough for your husband. It's tough for your kids. The world is tough. And nobody wants to come home to a home that's tougher. So if you're living with people that are making you miserable, then you need to either address that and figure out a way to create a better environment inside of the home or you need to get out. If you can't get out, then again, you've got to figure out a way to mitigate your interactions with those people as much as possible. If you are living with people and you can't leave and you have the ability, then you have to try to get these people on the program as soon as possible and as much as possible. And if they can't get with the program, they need to at least not get in the way. As you're striving to improve yourself, as you're striving to go out into the world and accomplish certain goals, you need to make sure that your home has certain characteristics to it. And the first of this, outside of being a sanctuary, is it needs to be clean and it needs to be organized. Now you can probably find some anecdotal evidence that there was some individual who was super successful entrepreneur because their room or their house or their office was an absolute disaster. I would argue that they were successful despite that not because of it. And so you need to have a clean and an organized space because it is really difficult for you to go out into the world and spend all of your time trying to accomplish and get after the things that you want to accomplish when you're spending 30 minutes looking for your wallet or 20 minutes looking for your keys because you can't find anything because your house is a mess, your room is a mess, your office is a mess, everything is disorganized. This isn't just about finding things that you've misplaced. It's that it's going to be a lot easier to work in a place that's prepared for work. Likewise, it's going to be a lot easier to relax in a place that's prepared for relaxation. Having a clean and organized home should help you with regards to your productivity. But at the very least, it's going to prevent you from wasting a lot of time because the environment is not conducive for you to get the work done that you need to get done or because you're missing things or you can't find what you need to find. Also being clean and organized is just something that you should want to have as part of your moral character. And along the lines of having a place that is clean and organized, you really wanna have a place where you can focus. It's gonna go hand in hand with being clean and organized because it's hard to focus when you're in a disheveled state. But you need a place where you can focus specifically towards the goals that are specific to you. Now that might be an office space, that might be a study or a library, that might be a small exercise area, but you need to have a place where you can focus and get what you need to get done done. If you're working towards something that's knowledge-based, you're trying to attain a degree, then you're going to want to have a place that's conducive for studying. If you are trying to reach certain fitness goals, then you're going to want to have a place that has fitness equipment that has the ability for you to do exercises when you can and need to. If you're working towards some business goals, then again, you want to have something that resembles an office, but you need to have a place where you can focus specifically on the things that you are trying to accomplish. You also need to try to eliminate the things that are going to cause distractions from the places that you are utilizing to focus on getting your work done. This might come in the form of phones or computers or TV screens or game consoles. The idea here really is that it's going to be hard to get serious work done sitting in the living room while somebody's 
playing a video game, somebody else is watching something on a computer, somebody else is talking on the phone. Because when you set up a place to focus, it should be set up as a place to focus without distractions. But likewise, when you set up a place for recreation, it should be a place of recreation where you can have fun and not have to worry about being quiet or disturbing somebody. So when at all possible, you wanna create almost like little sub environments inside of your home where you can get certain things done without distractions that are going to take you away from the focus on those goals that you're working towards. I also advise you to have a place to pray. Now, if you don't believe in God and you don't pray, then this means nothing to you. But as someone who believes in God, somebody that has faith and has some spiritual practices, you're going to want to have a place where you can play, designated place that you can pray. It doesn't have to be specifically large, but it should be clean without distractions where you can just focus on building your spiritual relationship with God. Even if you're not actively making it a priority, you know that you should. And so it's really important that you create a space that is going to first and foremost remind you of the responsibility or remind you of the desire to develop that relationship with God and work on your spirituality. And you need to create a place that's going to be, again, conducive for what you're trying to do. A place that's clean, a place that's organized, a place that's quiet, that will allow you to focus in prayer. You're also going to need a place to relax. And that's because you want to designate your areas for what you're trying to accomplish. And you're going to need a place to relax. And, you know, you want to have whatever form that relaxation takes in its own specific place, if possible, because you don't want it to be a distraction from the other work that you're trying to accomplish. But likewise, you want people who are trying to relax in your home to be able to do so without the fear of, oh, we're going to be distracting the individual that is working towards their goals. Now, when you're talking about creating a place to relax, I think a lot of people might start thinking of a man cave and while that would be cool, a lot of people don't necessarily have the ability to create such spaces. But, you know, the most important thing here isn't the couches or the posters that you put up on the wall. But it's really about creating the right vibe in your home that makes it feel like a home that you're comfortable being at, that other people are comfortable being at, that when you're in that space, you don't feel like you're stressed out over everything else that's going on in your life because sometimes you're going to need to unwind and you know you don't want your place of relaxation to be right next to your place of work because you're going to be sitting there trying to relax and you're going to be seeing the stick it notes on the wall telling you you got this to do and this to do and this to do and that means that you can't even relax in the space that you're trying to relax in so another person's goals might vary but for you, what you need to do is you need to make sure that you have a place that's designated for work, a place that's designated for study, a place that's designated for prayer, a place that's designated for fitness, and a place that's designated for family and recreation. And you need to make sure that those places are clean, that they're organized, and that they have all the things necessary to help achieve the goals of those specific rooms with regards to their function, and that they are clean of all of the things that may distract from those particular functions. Now, once you take care of your house, you have the issue of friends and family members, homes, 
uh, the homes of people that you may visit. Now, obviously, these are not your domain, so you do not control what is inside of them. Unfortunately, sometimes when you're trying to maintain ties of kinship, you are in environments where there are people and there are things that are detrimental to you directly or they're engaging in activities that are harmful and you need to avoid these places at all possible cost. People are doing things that are going to hold you back, bring you down, are not places that you want to be because they're filled with people that you shouldn't be engaging with. Now, if you feel like there is a moral obligation to interact with these people at some level, and you want to make sure you do so on neutral ground where you can mitigate the environment because they don't control the environment. A lot of people feel like they have a necessity to engage in certain activities because there is a responsibility there which allows them to neglect their responsibility to avoid certain things. And the reality is, is that you can maintain ties with people while maintaining your code of conduct. It just may not be on their terms. And at the end of the day, your priority right now is you, not them. Because you may go to these homes and they're filled with negativity. They're filled with people drinking, using drugs. They're filled with people who are encouraging you to engage in things that are not productive, that are not going to help you reach your goals or improve your character or increase your spirituality. They're filled with negative people who are complainers, who are miserable, who are indulging in negative activity, encouraging you to indulge in negative activity, all of which is going to bring you further from your goals. If your presence there is going to destroy your mood, your spirit, your morale, if it is going to encourage you to break your code of conduct and indulge in activities that are detrimental to you as an individual and detrimental towards your progress, towards your goals, then you need to avoid those places at all possible costs. Now, if you're in one of these weird situations where it is absolutely impossible for you to avoid these places, then you need to mitigate the negative effects and harmful interactions as much as possible. And that's going to take the form of keeping it all business, going in and getting out as fast and as efficiently as possible. With regards to family, it is almost always better to meet with family members that are detractors on neutral ground, because if you need to make a quick exit, you can. And if you need them to make a quick exit, it really doesn't matter because they're not at their home where they're not going to leave their home. And if they're at your home, then you don't have to kick them out. We're on neutral ground when it's time to go, or if you need to go, you just bounce. These people will typically behave better and you can control the situation better when they are not on their own territory. It's also easier for you to make a quick and essential exit when it's not at their specific place. I wouldn't advise having these types of people at your own residence due to the fact that it may be difficult to get them to leave when you need them to. If you need to maintain ties with people, you should be able to do so in a way that is flexible enough that it is not a detriment to your own well-being. 
When you're talking about friends' houses, we kind of addressed this previously when we talked about the type of people that you should surround yourself with. And if you follow the guidelines for the type of people that you should surround yourself with and allow into your inner circle, chances are that you're not going to have friends who have homes that are negative environments for you. But it's always possible that they're living with somebody else who isn't quite on the program. And again, these places would be very similar to family members' homes that are not good environments for you to be in. You just want to mitigate your interactions with those environments as much as possible. So if there's an option to hang out at different places, it's not theirs. If their house is indeed a place where it's going to be detrimental towards you or towards your progress. The next space to address that's really important because we spend quite a significant amount of time there is your place of employment. Wherever it is that you work, Oftentimes, your work environments, unfortunately, can be very toxic environments because of your boss, the owner, your coworkers, or potentially the customers that you have to interact with because they mistreat you, disrespect you, make you feel like you have little to no value or worth. If you are in an environment where people are consistently mistreating you, it's going to eventually take a toll on your self-esteem on your patience, on your stamina and ability to continue to do the things that you need to do because that can become a very stressful burden and that stressful burden can have an impact on your ability to continue to do the work that you need to do to improve yourself and achieve the goals that you've set out in front of you because we all have a limited capacity of the amount of stress that we can handle. Right? There's some people that are phenomenal and they can, they can take a lot right? But everybody has a limit at some point in time. And if you're continuously bombarding yourself with stress due to the fact that you are working in a toxic environment and you're there eight to 10 to 12 hours a day, that's going to be a hindrance to you really getting after what you need to do. Because if a third or more of your day is spent in a place that you hate to be, that's a lot to overcome. Sometimes it's not the people being mean to you or creating a toxic environment. Sometimes it's just that you can't get behind the work that you're doing, either because it's immoral or because you don't believe in it or because it's just not something that lights a fire under you. There's no passion in it for you. So you drag yourself to work every day. It's not just a job. It's a job that you don't want to be at. And again, being in an environment where you don't want to be for such a considerable amount of your day and eventually your life is going to have a negative impact on you. It's going to have a negative impact on your morale. It's going to have a negative impact on your character, on your motivation. You can't spend five to seven days a week going to a place that feels like a prison, where you feel miserable, where you feel disrespected, where you don't feel like you have any worth or value. Because eventually, those feelings that you have, you're going to internalize those. And you don't want to be in a place that makes you feel like that to the point where you start to actually believe it. Remaining in a place like this is detrimental to you as an individual. It's going to chip away at you. It may be slowly, but it will chip away at you. And you know this because you've lived that experience. Sometimes a work environment is detrimental just because of the types of conversations that people are having there. A lot of times they're talking about garbage or they talk like garbage. They're either talking about sex, talking about drugs. They're talking about partying, taking advantage of people. They're talking about other people. And if you continue to remain in an environment where people are conducting themselves in this way, eventually you're going to take on the attributes of the people you surround yourself with. 
So if you're in an office space where everybody's using vulgar language, eventually you're going to find yourself using that language too. You're not going to be some prophet that goes into the workplace and revives the moral character of America's workforce. It's just not going to happen. So if you're in these types of environments, you need to get out of them. And if you can't get out of them, you need to try to mitigate your interactions with these people as much as possible. If that means that you're having lunch in your cubicle by yourself, so be it. And sometimes work carries over into social events that are outside of normal working hours, whether that comes in the form of lunches, dinners, social events, conventions. These things are typically held at bars, clubs, casinos, convention centers, and the vast majority of the activity that's done after whatever little work was actually needed to be done usually involves getting intoxicated in some way and going out into places that are not conducive for your success. So there's a lot of different things inside of the workplace that can be detrimental to you, whether it's on an emotional level or actually on a physical level. And the obvious solution to this scenario is to get a new job, right? Depending on the severity of the situation, because you're always going to find something no matter where you go. There's no perfect place to work. But obviously, you don't want to be in a situation that's just absolutely toxic and completely contradictory towards your moral code of conduct. But at the same time, if it's really bad, then you need to get out. But if you can't, or if it's not terrible, but it has certain things that are not really great for you, then you've got to mitigate those things as much as possible. Because you don't want to be in a work environment that destroys your soul, your spirit, your motivation, your morale, and your character. And you definitely don't want to be in an environment that encourages you to engage in activities that's detrimental to your own personal progress. Now, you might be thinking, I just can't quit my job. There's always an opportunity that is out there. It can feel extremely daunting leaving your place of employment, especially if you're the sole breadwinner or the only source of income for yourself or your family. But there are always opportunities for you out there. But in the case in which you feel like there's absolutely nothing, which I don't believe there's ever a situation where there is no option other than what you have, then you just need to go there, get it done and get out. Don't waste any time on any people or any things that are going to be detrimental to you and the things that you're trying to accomplish. Now outside of work, outside of home, in the homes of our friends and family, for the most part, the places that you're going to be are going to be places of recreation. And places of recreation are typically going to fall into really just three categories. There's going to be places that are obviously bad that you need to avoid at all possible costs because they're detrimental to you. They're detrimental to pretty much everybody that goes to them. And these are going to be places like bars, clubs, casinos, um, strip clubs, and any other place that is having its sole purpose around vices that are clearly harmful and pose no benefit to you or anyone else and are really just going to cause people to waste time, cause people to waste money and put them in situations that will compromise their moral character. Any of those places you have to avoid at all possible cost. You can't be going to these places, right? 
Um, there's a lot of people that are always going to try to convince you that you can pull things off in moderation um, and that you may be able to frequent certain places and hold true to your character. But the reality is, is that you're not that person. If such a person exists, which is questionable, you're not that person, right? And, and you have to ask yourself, how serious are you about your goals? How serious are you about you? Are you trying to change your life? Are you trying to improve your situation? Are you trying to improve your character? Are you trying to improve your relationship with God? Your relationship with your family? You know, your finances, your fitness, because if you are, do you really have time for those places? Because if you do, I can't take you seriously. And I doubt that you take yourself seriously. And maybe it's because you don't take yourself seriously that you would venture to those places in the first place. And the reality is that there's much better options out there. For every negative that exists, there's a positive out there to replace it. And so anything, for example, in nature, for the most part is going to be way more beneficial to you, to your mental health, to your spiritual health, to your physical health, than any of those previously named places. Whether you're walking, hiking, running, climbing, canoeing, kayaking, or whatever other activities that you might enjoy out in the wilderness, it's extremely rare that you're gonna to go to those environments and find that they are negative and detrimental to your emotional, physical, or spiritual well-being. In fact, it's the opposite. And depending on your interests, there are so many different potential places that you could frequent, you know, whether they're art galleries or theaters or universities, different clubs that are hosting events in different places. At the end of the day, you've really just got to take a step back and look and ask yourself, like, what type of environment is this? Is it helpful for me? Right? At the bare minimum on a relaxation level, because if you're going to places where you can't relax when you're supposed to relax and you're defeating the purpose. But on top of that, what's going on there? What are the type of people that are there? How are they interacting with each other? How are they interacting with you? And are these interactions positive or are they negative? Are they just neutral, right? And the types of things that are there, are they positive or are they negative? Are they going to help you and encourage you and motivate you to go out and do the things that you need to do? Or are they going to discourage you? Are they going to be a detriment? Are they going to encourage you to do the wrong things? Because there's no way for me to make a specific list for you of here are all the places that are okay. And here are all the places that are not okay. And then there's all these places that are in the gray somewhere in between. It really just kind of depends on what's going on there at the time. Right? At the end of the day, you're going to have to make your own gauge of what places that you're going to allow yourself to tolerate and which places you're not. I think that there's some things that are quite obvious and clear. What is harmful is clear and obvious. There shouldn't be any debate about it. And you know inside of your heart what that is. And so you need to avoid those places. And what is good is clear and obvious. And you're going to want to frequent those places as much as possible. There's going to be a lot of areas where it's going to be gray. Right? Because there's going to be events, festivals, things that you might want to attend where the sole purpose of the event isn't to get intoxicated, for example, but that's available if you want it to be. Right? And so you're going to have to make judgment calls on your own about should I be in this environment or not? 
And that may vary from person to person because you might not be able to handle it. You might not be able to be within the vicinity of any of those things. But regardless, you've got to start assessing the places that you're going to for what is the likelihood that this is going to contribute to my success versus what is the likelihood that this is going to contribute to my demise. And based on that, make a decision for what's best for you. The reality is that, unfortunately, life isn't always going to give you black and white options of this is the place to be, this is the place that you should not be. There's going to be a lot of gray areas, and you're going to have to come up with a protocol for yourself, guidelines for yourself with regards to where are you going to go, what types of situations are you going to expose yourself, while keeping in mind the idea that you're trying to accomplish something. You're trying to improve yourself, you're trying to improve your character, trying to improve your spirituality, you're trying to improve your relationships. And is me being present in these spaces going to contribute to that or take away from it? The ideal environment is not always going to be possible. Sometimes you are just going to be in places where you're going to have to deal with people and things that are a detriment to you and a detriment to the goals that you have that you're trying to accomplish. And so you're going to have to learn how to mitigate those situations as much as possible. If it's at work, then keep it business and keep it moving. Go in, get your work done, and leave. You know, just because everybody at work is indulging in conversations where they're using vulgar language, for example, doesn't mean that you just have to use vulgar language as well just to get by. Just don't engage in those conversations. If everybody's going out for happy hour and you're afraid that by going, you're going to start drinking, then just don't go. Don't tell yourself that, oh, I got to go and, you know, I, I just want to kind of be a part of the team. And your self-preservation is paramount. You have to take care of yourself. You have to do what's right for you. You can't do what's right for other people because they don't care about what's right for you. They don't. The only person that's going to care right now is you. And if you don't, pri and if you don't prioritize yourself, don't expect anybody else to. If it's at family or friends' homes, then avoid those places as much as possible. Meet them on neutral ground, right? If you have to go to their homes, go in, keep it short, sweet, simple, and get out. If it's your city or your town, then keep to yourself and stay away from the places that are going to bring you down and the people that are going to hold you back. You can't always control your environment, but when you can, you have to create an environment that is conducive to your success. You need to create an environment that is going to make it more likely for you to succeed. And if you can't create that environment, then you need to stay out of that negative environment as much as possible. If the trials in life are a shark, and I've got to fight this shark, I'd preferably do it on land. And if I have to do it in the water, I'm going to spend as little time there as possible. Sometimes there's pressure from the outside to conform to the environments that we exist in. Few people are trying to walk the path that you're trying to walk. And as strong as we'd like to think that we are, the more that we remain in negative environments, the more that they're likely to have an impact on us. So it's important that we limit ourselves to positive environments. And when we can't, we limit the time and the way in which we interact with those environments. You have a task in front of you and you have to stay focused. Sometimes that means you're going to have to take the long way to work or to school to avoid the problem areas. This might irritate some people. It might be lonely. But you owe it to yourself to give yourself the best possibility to succeed. And by creating a positive environment to the extent that you can, 
is going to be a part of that process.